number five. morning. Welcome to worship this morning. Beautiful fall day. Kind of days that we, at least some of us, have been waiting on, like these cool, slow days. 
This morning, I want to spend a little bit of time on our, your identity. Everybody knows what this is? Passport. It's one of the highest levels of identity on a citizen of the United States can have. This is, I go somewhere, they look at this, they look at me, and they say, okay, if you have this, it tells everybody in this whole world who you are. So I want to think about our identity this morning. If you would, turn with me to 1 Peter. And allow me to put on my reading glasses. Thank you, Arlene. I left mine at home. So 1 Peter 1. I'm going to read um, five verses here. And thinking about, well, let's just read them first. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm reading now the New King James Version. To the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So here Peter is is talking to these pilgrims or strangers that have been scattered. So let's get the setting here. So these five regions would be part of the Roman Empire, which is modern-day Turkey. So if we go back into Rome, we have this leader. His name's Nero, Emperor Nero. And he had a passion of building things. He loved to build things and create things. And well, if you don't have nowhere to build, you sort of need some room to build. He gets this bright idea that I'm going to light some fires and destroy some of this stuff. A lot of structures was wood. So at the Circus Maximus, he started this fire. And this fire raged on for days. And historians will tell us that there wasn't hardly any part of the city that wasn't touched by the fire. They would try to put it out, and some of his cronies would start it back again. And... They say that he sort of enjoyed his music as Rome burned. Well, then he started getting a little bit of feedback. And he said, well, i got to do something different here. This isn't good. And so 
there was a lot of anti-Semitism going on at that time, and he said these Jews, and he said these Christians, and they're sort of weak. They're sort of causing issues because they don't really listen to what we're doing here or bow down to our idols and all that kind of stuff. And Interesting little side note, Hitler was the same way. Jews, Christians, was weakening his beloved Germany. Had to get rid of them. So, so he said, okay, we'll blame it on the Christians. So anyways, that's how that happened, and it started the persecution, fierce persecution. So these believers are scattered throughout the region. So Peter is addressing these pilgrims of, these, of this region, but thinking about our identity He's wanting to tell us who we are. Don't forget, even though you're being persecuted and chased, don't forget who you are. So, as a reminder, we need to check our passport every now and then. Where is our allegiance? Who is our identity in? So he goes and he goes, the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So you think about elect, that's chosen. And that is a whole subject that we're not going to get into this morning. That's a whole other subject. But it's awesome because it doesn't matter who you are, what you did, or what you're going to do. He's already chosen you from the foundation of the world. So he's trying to encourage these believers, don't lose faith. Keep pressing on through all these challenges. So he goes on here, and he says, Blessed be the God of Father and Lord Jesus who according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope, to an inheritance incorruptible that does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. We just sometimes need a reminder of our identity and our unshaken destiny. It is, it's there. It's promised to you. And we talked about it in, in um, Sunday school and the lesson about just this world is full of all these voices all around you telling you things. And it's like, you can't hardly go anywhere to find truth. But we have one person, Jesus Christ, that is truth. And he doesn't change. And that's where our identity needs to be in. Um, so... Just thinking about that, every now and then, I know this passport is earthly, and we're of a spiritual home, and we're heading to that spiritual home, but I know trials are around us, and it's real, and we can get bogged down pretty easy, but I think Peter's encouragement to these persecuted Christians, and our encouragement today is, don't lose sight of where our true identity is. It may happen, it may come, it might be tomorrow, it might be 200 years from now, we don't know. But we know that things are changing. Uh, the climate around us is sort of unreal. But don't lose heart, have faith, and keep your eyes focused on Jesus. So this morning, do we have prayer requests that we could take before we go to prayer? Phil?
Prayer for Phil's daughter going to Iraq and Yemen for protection. Butch. Thank you. Gary Booth family, he passed away Friday, Saturday? Okay. Mike. What's that? Madonna. Madonna. So pray for Madonna. Have an open heart surgery and not only her physical health, but maybe her spiritual health too. Anybody else? All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we approach the throne of grace this morning it is it in wonder and in awe that we can come before such a awesome powerful loving merciful god lord we know that of ourselves we are so undone but with you we are so complete we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we all have traveled and came to this place of worship publicly and to praise your name without any fear. Lord, we are such a blessed people. Lord, just help us not to take it for granted, but help us to make it real in our life that every day, it's just part of us, and we share that with others. Because, Lord, it's a crazy, upside-down world out there. Lord, give us strength for whatever lies ahead, and we put our faith and our trust and our identity in you. Lord, thank you for this opportunity, and we just pray that you would be with Bart as he opens up your word and shares what your spirit has given to him, that he would have free course and that he would just stand and trust on your word. I just now pray for Phil and Mary Ellen's daughter as she is heading into Iraq and Yemen and we think it's hostile here. It's really hostile there. We just pray for her safety, that you would just shield her with an arm of protection and just be with Phil and Mary Ellen and their family to give them a comfort of peace as she travels. Lord, I just want to lift up those that are sick and suffering loss. And we think about Gary Booth's family and Helen and their family. Lord, just raise them up. Comfort them of a God of all comfort. Sometimes we don't know why things happen when they do, Lord, but... We know someday it'll all be revealed to us and it'll be perfect and it'll make perfect sense. And we just pray for comfort for them. Also, we want to pray for Mike's friend, have an open heart surgery. 
Pray for the doctors. Pray for those that will take care of her. And Lord, also her salvation, wherever that is that. And you know all things, Lord, so we just put our trust and our faith in you. Lord, thank you for giving us life. Thank you for each day. Thank you for the body of Christ this world over, for believers standing firm and proclaiming your word. Lord, give us strength to be strong. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us when we act like we know everything. Forgive us, Lord, when we, we don't trust in you. Forgive us, Lord, when we have pride and think we know things. Just, Lord, just help us to be more like you, that we can praise you every day. Lord, give us strength. Pray for our families, our friends, our children. Lord, pray for this nation. Pray for the leaders. Lord, sometimes it's hard to pray, but Lord, we just pray mightily for our leaders of this world and this nation that you would just show them who you are and that we would be understanding. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name.
16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of <coughs> sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. The title of this morning's message is A Full Surrender. If you would, just bow your head with me and we'll pray again this familiar prayer. Take it personally as you pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me. O Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Lord, take my life and make it wholly thine. Fill my poor heart with thy great love divine. Take all my will, my passion, self, and pride. I now surrender, Lord, in me abide. Today there's a great battle taking place, really all around us. You can read in the news and, and find out that things are heating up even between China and the U.S. And that, that could get real red hot in a hurry. Can, can stimulate over trade or, or many different things. The battle between Israel and the surrounding northern armies are also heating up can even see a, a hint of prophecy coming into play there. But, it, but even within our own countries, I mean, Washington itself, there's a red-hot battle. It takes place there on the steps and in their meetings. But I'm not really going to focus on the battles that are around us and raging, though I am concerned. 
What I want to focus on this morning is the battle that's taking place in every heart and every breast, especially among believers. The Bible says in Ephesians, Paul writes that this battle is not fleshly. It's not warring against the flesh, but it is a spiritual battle. Every one of us have daily struggles and daily battles. And I don't know why it is, but we tend to fight. If you're like me, this message is for me this morning. We tend to keep fighting and keep fighting until our energy is gone and we're all wore out. And then maybe, just maybe, the Spirit calls us to a full surrender. I don't know why that's our last resort. want us to realize this morning or remind us that the enemy is Satan himself. He is the enemy of sin, self, and of this world. I don't know what area of your life you are struggling with this morning if you're dealing with a particular sin or if it's just areas of the self and selfishness, or if it's the influence of this crazy world that's around us. But I would say that all of us are dealing with one of those areas. And again, why is it that we just keep on fighting? What I'm calling us to this morning, myself included, is a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and a full surrender to him, to Jesus Christ. Most of us claim Jesus. Most of us would wear the name Christian. And yet we, we keep drifting into enemy territory. So I used to do quite a bit of fishing up at Lake Erie. My dad and I, our friends, would, would go to Lake Erie. Haven't been there for years. Some of you still go up to the Great Lakes fishing. And really there's two primary ways to fish for walleye. Most common would be trolling, where we would keep the motor idling and and keep moving through the waters, keep the bait working. But sometimes if the winds were just right, we could turn off the trolling motor and, and we could just drift. And the winds would actually blow us just enough that it would keep the bait working. Now those of you that's familiar with the map of Lake Erie would realize that there is a definite line that cuts Lake Erie in half. You don't see it visually, but if you look on a map, the Canadian line actually splits Lake Erie almost in half. 
we never tried to test that line, but I'm told that if you drift across that line, things could be pretty serious. Now, Lake uh, Canada is not, is not our enemy. I'm not trying to promote that. But you do need a Canadian license if you drift across that line. And though it's not really visual, you need to know where it's at. Because I'm told they can take your boat, they can take your fishing gear. Uh, things can get pretty serious if you drift across that line. <clears throat> I wonder why we struggle so with the enemy of sin, self, and the world. And I wonder why even us Christians so many times try to defend ourselves within ourselves and keep fighting against the Spirit in those areas. I'm calling us this morning to a full surrender. Young people, you can't drift and fish with the enemy at night and then live your life for Jesus in the daytime. And to us older ones, sometimes maybe, maybe we don't admit to our sin. We're seasoned, experienced Christians, right? But where I had to check my heart primarily is in the area of apathy. Because maybe sometimes some of you older ones aren't dealing with a, a definite sin, say a moral sin, or, or something that possibly you dealt with as a younger person. But I'm, I'm calling us to, to surrendering from a life of apathy. And that's why I thought of this thing of drifting. Because drifting is really easier than trolling. If you just let the winds blow you, that's really, that's an easy way to get through life. But you're not really in control of your destiny. And I just have, I've really been watching, as we watch the things that appear in the news, really over the last many years, and you watch the Christian church, it seems like to me, and I don't know if this is a sign of end times or not, but it seems like some people are really rising up to a deeper relationship with Christ. But I also see the church beginning to drift. It's concerning to me as a Christian myself. Charles Stanley says that it's easier to drift, but nobody drifts in the right direction. 
Have you ever heard of anyone drifting into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you ever heard of anyone drifting out of their troubles? Have you ever heard of anyone drifting into total commitment? You ever heard of anyone drifting into a deeper study of God's word? Very few people drift into positions of service and ministry and outreach. Nobody drifts into sacrifice. Usually drifting takes you away from Christ, not closer to him. I'm asking each one of us to check our lives in the area of apathy. You see, maybe you're here today and you have a raging war going on inside of you, a battle that you're dealing with, some type of sin. And maybe the Spirit's talking to you even right now to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Throw up the white flag. But I'm going to guess, just a total assumption, that many of you are not, you didn't walk in these doors weeping over your uh, particular sin. But some of you might have drifted in here this morning. Maybe the modern day church today has more of a serious problem against the sin of apathy. Maybe it's my greatest battle. Problem is, I don't really see that line. It's under the water, and I can drift right over it. We don't always see it. Others may see it in us. But just, I'll ask you this morning to just check your life. Maybe take a snapshot of where you are spiritually right now. And then go back in the old photo album. Go a few years back. Pull up a photo of yourself, another snapshot. The question is, is have you grown spiritually? Have you gotten closer to Jesus Christ? Or have you drifted further away? Now, I'm not assuming anything for any of you. I'm looking at my own life, and I'm raising it as a warning. Check your life. Because the sin of apathy usually goes unnoticed in our own life. And the reason I think this is so important is because it is so closely connected with what Jeff opened with this morning, our identity in Jesus Christ, who we are. And are we living according to who we are? Maybe it's a call to come back closer to him. Usually, that path is, it requires oars. It requires 
motors. It requires effort. We can't get in the boat named Christianity and just drift. It really doesn't work that way, especially in the days that we're living in. And I'm just wondering how much more effective the church would be in these last days at large or even our own congregation if we would all take this seriously and totally surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Let's check our life for sin in our life and especially in the sin of apathy. Because a lot of times today, that's not even categorized as a sin. It's kind of like idolatry. Idolatry really isn't sin anymore. We can raise up idols in our life, things that are greater than Christ in our life, but it's really just the custom of the world and it's really no big deal. And apathy is the same way. We can become tired, we can become Lazy, if you please. Let's totally surrender our life to Jesus Christ. The white flag is a symbol of surrender. Let's raise the white flag. I'm done fighting by my own strength. I'm done drifting across the line. And that's where Galatians 2.20 comes in because it's a definite line. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can turn a couple pages to Galatians chapter 6. Verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the cross of Christ is the only place where I can glory by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. There's really only one crucifixion, and that's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But that crucifixion has many aspects in our life, doesn't it? And here Paul brings out, we are crucified to the world, and the world unto me. I know we can throw up our defensive hand when we start talking about worldliness and what that means, and I'm not talking about doing things and not doing things and all of that. I'm talking about the influence that the world has on my relationship with Jesus Christ. And whether you want to admit it or not, folks, this world is crazy. And this world is not a place to be. And this world is not a place to model our Christian life after. It says here that we are crucified because Jesus died. We are crucified to the world. And the world is crucified to us, meaning 
that in Jesus Christ, by his death, burial, and resurrection, the world no longer means anything to me. And really, whether we want to admit it or not, I mean nothing to the world. I'm done drifting. I'm ready to surrender. What is involved in a full surrender? A full surrender is a definite, deliberate, voluntary transfer of undivided possession, control, and use of our entire being, body, soul, and spirit, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's rather deep and a lengthy statement. I'm going to repeat it again. A full surrender is a definite, deliberate, voluntary transfer of undivided possession, control, and use of our entire being, body, soul, and spirit, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we are, Everything we say, every place we go, it's yours, Lord. I surrender my life to you. Now, I know this isn't anything new to the believer. It's not some new doctrine that I'm introducing. But I do think we need to be reminded of it from time to time because it's so easy for us to just get a step or two away. It's so easy for us to set our alarms for Sunday morning and come into this room and worship the Lord. What about our entire being? Body, soul, and spirit. So if you have some area in your life where the battle is raging or if you feel that you've been drifting on the sea of apathy and not really going anywhere, then check yourself. Check your life. Raise the white flag, surrender your whole being and all of your energy to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If you really, this, this goes along with what we heard last Sunday from Brother Jerry. Just totally giving ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's where it begins. It begins at the cross. It appears there's a lot of Christians who come and name the name of Jesus, present themselves at the cross, at his feet, and they get the whole concept of. Jesus dying and being born again or raised again on the third day. 
But then it's so easy to go back and just live our life. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but the world looks at the Christians on our authenticity, how real we are. Are we excited for the Lord? Is our life totally surrendered to Him? Sometimes we get the idea that if we associate with the world and all of its systems and all of its pleasures, that maybe we'll have a, more of an effect on worldly people. When really the world is watching how, how closely we are connected to the Lord Jesus Christ and how less we are connected to the world. And I think we get that confused sometimes. Because really, if, if they see us as one of them, then really, why, why do they even need to change? Again, a call to totally surrender our life to Jesus Christ. A definite deliberate, voluntary transfer of undivided possession, control, and use of our entire being. And that happens at the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. It's where it begins. At the cross, he provided for our initial salvation, cleansed us from our sins, gave us forgiveness. And it, but it's also a place where the Christian goes often. And I believe that's what Galatians 2.20 is about. We don't, we don't sacrifice our life daily for our salvation. We, the Bible says Jesus died once, and we go there. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us eternal salvation. But the believer must go back to the cross on a regular basis, if not daily. Galatians 2.20 is telling us that we are crucified with him. And we must go experience the power of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion in our daily life. So if we wonder why we struggle so much with sin, maybe, just maybe, we need to go back to the cross. We cannot experience a fully surrendered life to Christ without first experiencing the power of Christ's crucifixion as it relates to my sin, myself, and my worldly tendencies. And I believe that's what Romans 6 is all about. Uh, I don't know, you care to turn there, you can. Romans 6 uh, talks about being dead with Christ, crucified with him in verse 6. Verse 7, for in that he is dead, for he that is dead is freed from sin. This is talking, I believe, about our initial salvation. If we be dead with Christ, we believe we should also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. And verse uh, chapter 12 talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, dying with him. And so the call is to come, come back to the cross when we're dealing with any type of sin. 
But I believe that God doesn't want us to stay there. I believe that God doesn't want us to live our life bowed down at the cross. He wants us to go there regularly. But you see, folks, Jesus died indeed into sin once. And then the Bible says here in Romans 6 that he raised again. God wants us to go to the cross often, possibly daily, possibly several times a day, some weeks. But he doesn't want us to live in that death state. He wants us to identify also with his resurrection. Because he lives, we live also. God wants us to live our life victorious. When we're dealing with sin, there's only one place to go, and that's the cross. But God really wants us to have victory over our sin. And yes, even our laziness and our apathy and our worldly tendencies and our drifting, God wants us to bring that to the cross, recognize it, admit it, and leave it there. And then God, through the power of the resurrection, he wants us to be raised also in a newness of life. He wants us to walk in a newness of life, the Bible says. And he also wants us to live an abundant life, John 10.10. So a fully surrendered life begins, Galatians 2.20, at the cross. I am crucified with Christ. But Paul goes on in that verse, Nevertheless, I live. And he goes on and says, Not by my own strength, as I live in the flesh, but I live by the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ in my life, my own words. When we're fully surrendered to Christ, God assumes full responsibility for your life. He is now Lord over every area of your life. And that's what Jerry talked about is the Lordship and his authority in our life. Can you imagine the ruler of this universe? Having full control of your life. You see, when you're drifting, there's really no control. The winds are taking you whatever way the winds are blowing that day. But can you imagine through a total surrender to Jesus Christ and transferring that authority and control over to him in every area of, of your life? Can you imagine anything more exciting or more encouraging than to give him that control? Can you imagine him planning your career? Building your marriage? Guiding your family? Shaping your, de your destiny? When we're living our own life as we please, or by our own strength, and we're getting wore out. Because sometimes we fight our own sin and our own selfishness by our own strength. 
And we think the more we pray, the more we read our Bibles, the more we come to church, we'll just get more strength and we can fight this of ourselves because we become more spiritual. When really, I believe it's all the opposite. It's a matter of giving up our strength. Paul says we are the strongest when we actually realize and acknowledge our weakness and when we totally give over our life to him. And then we desire to read his word. We desire to come to church. We desire to fellowship among the saints. And there we get encouragement. But it's time we stop fighting by our own strength. It's time we raise the flag and we give a total, our life a total surrender and a sacrifice to him. Maybe you didn't need this message today. Maybe you're not dealing with a particular sin right now. Maybe you just need a good dose of enthusiasm. Maybe you need your spiritual excitement renewed. It's the same principle. Come back to the cross. Give your life to him through a total surrender. Because when he has control over your life, you don't need to worry. Separate topic for another day. Worrying can be relieved through a total surrender to Jesus Christ. Because he wants what is best for you. And his plan is more rewarding than anything that you can do or plan for yourself. When you totally... Fully surrender your body, soul, and spirit to Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of battles and storms around us, you can experience peace. And you can experience joy. And you can experience a sense of security that you've never experienced before. Is there an area of your life that you need to totally surrender to him. Maybe you're dealing with just guilt from some past sin. The guilt of sin can wear us down almost as much as the sin itself. Maybe you feel, you feel forgiven, but you still deal with guilt. It's the same principle, Galatians 2.20, come identify yourself with the death, burial, and resurrection in your life. God wants us to come to the foot of Jesus, to the cross, but he doesn't want us to live there. He wants us to live victorious through the resurrected Christ, Jesus. Spiritual fact number one, we must go to the cross. There we find release from sin, self, and the world, and we experience the overflowing peace of Jesus Christ. Spiritual fact number two, he doesn't want us to always be knelt down at the cross in his death, he wants us to live for him. Galatians 2.20. I first must experience the cross in every area of my life and there transfer my body, soul, and spirit into his rule and lordship. And then he wants us to get up and live for him and to serve him. 
Sometimes we pray, Lord, use me. When we totally surrender our life to him, it puts us in a position where he can use us more fully. You may be familiar with this song written by Mosey Lister. All of me, not a part, but all of me. All the heart and soul of me, Jesus, I surrender. I believe, Lord, help mine unbelief. On the altar now I lay all I am today. So use me, Lord. Use me anywhere. That all of that place, be it great or small, let me fill it gladly. Take my life, be it poor or be it grand. Let me live it by your plan. Shape it with your hand. As I am, I come to thee without one plea. Only that thy saving blood wash for me. All of me, through the ages yet to be, I surrender, Lord, to thee, I surrender. All of me, all of me, I surrender all. All of me. What shall we sing?